One of the best things that I see for caregivers that therapeutic writing does is it helps you give yourself a break. We're so hard on ourselves. And when you, when you put the stuff down in writing, it helps you recognize that you are only human. Those are natural emotions that you're feeling. Welcome to Now or Never, long-term care strategy with Costa Yepifonsif, a podcast for all those seeking answers and solutions in the long-term care space. This podcast is designed to create resources, start conversations, and bring awareness to the industry that will inevitably impact all Americans. Here's your host, Costa Yepifonsif. Hey, y'all, it's Costa. Today, I'm here with my guest, Lori Ramos-Lemasters, founder of Care Partners Resource and Consulting, certified journal to the self-therapeutic writing instructor, and author of You're a Caregiver, Not a Saint. Today, we're talking about the power of therapeutic journaling for caregivers. Lori, I want to start with a question about your book, You're a Caregiver, Not a Saint, because I think with the naming of the book alone, you've accomplished something. Will you tell us about the title and what it means to you? So, you know, I began a caregiving journey in 2001. And what, when I began that journey for my mother, who was a survivor of a, a stroke, pretty massive stroke, it mm-hmm. brought me back home to California, I, where I hadn't lived in 20 years. Um, I moved back into my childhood bedroom. And um, I would run into, oh, wow. right, there's a lot there, but we're not unpacking that today. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, and I would run into old friends from school or people that I knew and they'd say, what brought you back? And I would tell them that I was the primary caregiver for my mom. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, you are such a saint. That is nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. I just could never. I can't even imagine. Right. And I don't think anyone can imagine doing it. I think we surprise ourselves when what we're capable of doing when we're given a challenge. Right. But Absolutely. what I found was that when you buy into that thought process of everybody elevating you to such a level, it makes it so hard to ask for help. You start thinking you're supposed to be this superhuman that should be able to do it all. And obviously, mm-hmm. none of us are. You just can't do it. And um, so that that's sort of how I came up with the title and um, just sort of trying to get people to recognize that we're all human, no matter the challenges we're going through. What is some of the most profound feedback that you've gotten from your book when you talk to people that have read it? I think the solidarity sort of of it all. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm very raw in the begin. So the early part of the book is my story and how I used therapeutic writing through the journaling process. And then the end of the book is a workbook with um, jur- journaling techniques and prompts, all very specific to caregiving. And so what I hear from people um, most is how it was important to them to read that, yeah, I got angry. Yeah, I, I woke up some days and, you know, was a little disappointed to hear my mom breathing you know, that, that this journey wasn't over because it was an eight year, um, journey. The first three were her and my father. Um, I took care of both of them 
And then the last five were just my mother. And um, so, yeah, after a while, you know, you do kind of go, when is it, when is it my time? When do I get to yeah. experience? I mean, it, it, it kind of sounds like you are. A <laughs> <laughs> you know, <It's, laughs> I mean, taking care of both parents and just the dynamics of that must be, I, I, I can't even imagine. Can't imagine. You had to essentially put your life on hold to do this for, for eight years. Yeah. And, and the, the, the real hard part was that I had just ended a 26-year marriage. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're not excited to get a divorce ever, right? But for me, it right. was like this new journey. Like, who am I going to become? Who am I going to be? What, my, sure. what is my life going to present for me? And then, um, so this was in 2001. In January, I lost my birth father. In March, my divorce was final. In May, my stepfather went into dialysis. And in July, my mother had her stroke. And by the end of August, I was moving from Colorado back home to California. So it was just a nine-month transitional, you know. And so let's talk about some of the techniques that you used, specifically therapeutic journaling, to get through the hardships of being in the trenches for eight years. So... For our listeners who may be unfamiliar with therapeutic journaling, would you explain what it is and how it differs from regular journaling or writing? Sure. So I think that when most people think of journaling, they think a lot sort of of like keeping a diary, right? You have, Mm -hmm. and typically you write when you've had a really good day or an, an extremely difficult day and you just want to get it out. And, um, so you, you sort of write it all down on the paper and then you feel better and that that's a normal process. And that's what most people do for journaling. Therapeutic journal writing is a little different because it is designed to help you get to the core of the emotions that you just put on that page. And I teach 18 different techniques of how to get there. Um, Wow. So there, the biggest, biggest, biggest difference is um, a reflection right after you have um, done your initial journaling and gotten everything out. And mm-hmm. then it's designed, the reflection right is designed to help you have sort of an aha moment. So how does therapeutic journaling help specifically caregivers cope with the challenges and the stresses they face while providing care for their loved ones? I think because caring for a loved one, first of all, that term makes me crazy because it's a a common term. But tell me what what you prefer, though. Well, there isn't. There really isn't. You know, I I say your person, right? Or who you're caring for. The only only reason that I ask is because since I've been doing this podcast, I have learned that I've said 95% of the terms wrong. So I'm always fascinated with the correct way to say I, it. You, you know, know, anyway, that's, that's, I don't like the term caregiver <laughs> either. So, you know, I agree. It, it's a challenge. I agree. It's just a challenging dynamic of what we do for mm-hmm. family or close friends that we take on that role of caring for them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but You know, I have over since 2009, since I've been doing this business, I 
have had so many people in my classes that, you know, they were the 15 year old who ran away from home because it was a challenging relationship. And then, you know, um, they're the ones that ended up having to come back to care for the parents or mm-hmm. a surprising number of people who, um, who are divorced and come back and care for that person that they divorced. So that like, Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So that term, that's why. And, and then take me back to the question. (laughs) No, 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 not absolutely. No, totally. We we got off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's important to, to define for people that watch these videos to, and listen to the show, how complex these terms can be and how not, it's not a one size fits all because the person that you divorced uh, may not be your loved one. <laughs> exactly. It may be someone that you feel like compelled to care for, but you may not actually love that person. So <laughs> sure. it makes sense. Sure. Very good sense. Oh, okay. so uh, the question, the Go question ahead. was how caregivers cope with the challenges and stretch st- okay. stresses that they face while providing care for their loved ones and okay. how therapeutic journaling helps in that. So where it helps, and this, this really leads into what we just, our little tangent is because normally um, oftentimes throughout your day, the thing that is bothering you goes deeper than the thing that is bothering you. Right. right. So, you know, um, I, I'll give you a real quick example. There was a situation with my mom where, um, I had discovered after several years of caring for her that, um, the best way for me to do this was to care for her all day long, have someone come in once I had put her to bed. And she was comfortable in bed with her TV remote and whatever. And then I would go out with a friend or whatever. So whomever came into the home wasn't necessarily a medical person. They were there. They didn't have to transfer her or do anything, simply be in the house to make sure she Mm -hmm. was safe. And I was going out to dinner with a friend. And I went in, my friend and I went in to say goodnight. And my mom had this habit of pointing to the clock whenever I left, do, do, do. And she couldn't speak. She was an expressive aphasic. So she would do, do, do me, which I knew meant, when are you coming home? And this particular day, it set me off. And I was like, mom, you know, Tracy's here. She's going to take it. She, you know, you're safe. You've been fed. You're in bed. You're fine. I'm going to dinner. I need some time to myself. I'll be home when I get home. I'm 45 years old right? I'm out. Mm -hmm. And so we get in the car and my girlfriend looks at me and she's like, wow, that was quite a reaction. Your poor mom just wanted to know when you were going to be home, right? So Mm -hmm. was it self-care that night? Not really, because I didn't have fun while we were out. But, you know, so I came home, woke my mom up, apologized, blah, blah, blah. And then I journaled about it. And what I what I recognized in my writing was that it went back. I turned into a 16 year old when she asked me, she was curfewing me. And I, I was that teenager that had to be home at 10 when everybody else could stay out till midnight. Right. And so therein lies the deeper reaction. And once I recognized that that was what I was reacting to, I handled the situation differently from there forward. Does it typically, in, in your experience, the journaling aspect, do you feel like a lot of caregivers, um, I don't want to say resentment, but, you know, like it's almost like an arrested development. 
you know, <laughs> when you're when you're providing care for a family member and you're just kind of like stuck, right? You know, you want to do it, of course, because sure. it's your family member most of the time. But ultimately, you know, you've got to get past this part of your life before you can move on to the next part. So when you talk to people who use therapeutic journaling, are they only bringing their lived experiences within their family to sort of um, integrate with their current perspective on life as they care for their loved one? Or are there other aspects that you've heard and noticed um, from people who begin journaling that maybe don't necessarily focus on, on elements of the past? Sure. It's, you know, it can be such a multi-leveled um, learning, you know, it's, it's self-learning is what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's self-acceptance because once you recognize what's triggering, whatever those emotions are, um, you know, you may, you may have always dreamt of being, you know, a professor at a university and mid sure. mid career where you hadn't even gone into the education of that, something happens and you're now becoming a primary caregiver. And on a day-to-day -day basis, you don't sit there and pout. Most people don't think this was my dream. When am I going to reach my dream? But it's, it's sort of there turning. Like in your subconscious. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And so that's why some days you can deal with people's reactions and deal with it, deal with it over and over. And then one day it just all of a sudden will trigger you for some reason. And I think that what therapeutic writing does is it helps people recognize we're only human. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. we didn't become a saint because we started caring for someone. We're still human. I'll speak for myself here, but after a long day, if I'm speaking candidly, the last thing <laughs> I'd think about is journaling. So how do we make time in our schedule and what does it take to turn this into an everyday practice for caregivers? First of all, most of my writing techniques take five to 10 minutes, period. Okay. And we never recommend through this process, I don't recommend you write longer than that. And the reason being, you usually get, if you think about it, think about this. When you're having a disagreement with someone, I usually say spouse, but I'm not going to pick on Jessica right now. <laughs> I mean, your wife. So <laughs> I'm just going to say someone. And let's just say you're having a disagreement about something. Don't you think you usually get your point out in that first five minutes? And then if you just keep going on and on and on and on, it, it, it gets ugly or it gets distorted. Then you're talking about all this other stuff. So if you can stay very focused and, and just write for five minutes, and then here's the key. You read what you wrote, and then you do a reflection write. And that reflection write is meant for an aha moment. So you read about what you wrote, and then you write for another two to three minutes, starting with reading this, I realize, or I understand, or even I'm surprised by, and that helps you. And I think that it helps you be aware of where those emotions are coming from, or, or how you're feeling, or, or even what your goals are, or what you wanted to do, or why you're grieving any of those things. Um, and when you feel uh, that it's a positive thing that you got from it, then, then you kind of want to do it the next time. 
Um, does that Do make you, sense? It, absolutely, it does. <clears throat> Do you still use therapeutic writing even though you're not a primary caregiver anymore? I do. Okay. So I this do. is not just something that only caregivers can can use. This is in general for people they need to consider sure. doing this. Sure. Yeah. I I do it. I will say I honestly I've never been an everyday journaler. Okay. And I do not try to reinforce that on caregivers because it's kind of unrealistic. Right. But I do get them to try, you know, the next time you're having a reaction, whether it's happy or negative or whatever, try to write it out and and get in touch with those feelings. And then when that works, you do it more often. And you don't necessarily have to do it at a set time, right? So it's not like you're only journaling in the evening. Did you ever have instances where like you'd go to sleep and then you'd wake up and you'd start journaling before you start your day? Um, absolutely. Good. In fact, I journal most mornings. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and you know, a journaling technique is at list making is actually a journaling technique. So I do tell caregivers a lot, if you can't get to sleep and you're, you know, it's cause you're, you know, tomorrow we have to remember, I got to do this. I got to do that. Da, 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 da. There, there are scientific studies that prove if you just take five to 10 minutes and write down what you need to do the next day, it gets it off your brain and yes. you can sleep. Uh, Lori, it's so. so interesting that you mentioned that because I know exactly what you're talking about because I have <laughs> um, on my iPhone, the reminder list app. I use mm -hmm. that and every time that something comes up, I always put it in that list. Um, and if I hadn't put it in that list, because I've gotten to a point now where I, I just won't even think about it if it's not on the list, you know, I mean, I might, you know, go, go in forward for a few days just to see what's coming up. But ultimately, you know, as soon as it's on the list, it's out of my brain until it's time to do it or it's, or it's you yeah. know, that day. So I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that's a fantastic point. Yeah. Now, yeah. This might be rather controversial to ask, and I understand nothing can replace a therapist. But for those who cannot afford or access therapy, can therapeutic journaling play a role in the maintenance of mental health? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, it helps you manage your moods. It helps you identify what's troubling you. It can help you come to some resolution about not just the caregiving journey, but just, you know, your life in general, how you're feeling about certain things. Um, Cause we all get stuff thrown at us so often, but it, it can also be a really positive stepping stone to accepting the realization that you may need to take it deeper and go see a therapist. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. A lot of people are resistant to that idea because they're, I think since COVID, there isn't as negative a connotation towards it as there used to be. And I think that there's so many, I mean, there's apps now and so many different ways to do it. But yes, I think that it, one of the best things that I see for caregivers mm -hmm. that therapeutic writing does is it helps you give yourself a break. We're so hard on ourselves. And when you, when you put the stuff down in writing, it helps you recognize that you are only human. Those are natural emotions that you're feeling. 
and to be expected. So what type of specific changes do you see with the maybe the mental well-being, the physical well-being, the emotional well-being of caregivers when they do start um, therapeutic journaling? Uh, Self-acceptance, for sure. Um, Management of guilt. And huge guilt is just so huge for caregivers. I mean, we're constantly, I, I still question myself. And my mom's been gone a while I've, since uh, she's been gone 14 years this month. And I still question myself about, did I, you know, do this right? Did I do that right? Could she have gotten better if I'd have done this? You know, all, all those kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, so, I think that it's just, it's such an important tool. And, you know, and I think that caregivers just need to think of it that way. It's another tool for self-care. So this isn't easy to talk about, but inevitably most of us will end our responsibilities as a caregiver with a loss of some kind. How can journaling Mm -hmm. and self-reflection help with this transition? Well, I, I'm, would say grief, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of ways to, we, we are left with a lot of grief and a lot of guilt. Those are the two things I think that we're left with the most. And there are some techniques that I teach that can really help with, um, the grieving process, like an unsent letter, writing letters to the person that you cared for to tell them, you know, how much you appreciated the relationship or how much, you know, you're going to miss them, but send them off, you know, and that especially helps if you, if you weren't there, a lot of caregivers, you know, they're like, I was there for 20 hours and I went to the bathroom and then they passed, you know, I mean, we're, then we're just left with all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it also is a great way to set new intentions. Like who do you want to be now? Who can you be? Because I don't know of any person who's been a a caregiver or care partner for any amount of time that is unchanged. That's a great point. And so what do you want to do with that change in who you are now? Set some intentions. When, when your mom passed away uh, in 2009, did your journaling increase? Did it decrease? Did it stay the same? I would say it decreased for a bit. Okay. You know, I was just sort of going through the process of a little bit of who am I, what am I, you know, what's my daily, you know, and then there was the guilt Mm -hmm. because I did, I mean, I slept with a baby monitor for eight years, right? And there were mornings when I didn't even breathe until I heard her breath, like, oh, okay, there she is. She's good. But there were also mornings when I heard her breath and would be like, Mm -hmm. Here we yep. go again. It's another day. I mean, my mom was a full transfer. Wow. And she was expressive aphasic. So for eight years, our entire day, all she could say was do to do. And she thought she was saying full sentences. So I would have to be like, oh, mom, this is what you said to me. Do 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 do. And she, she'd sit there and be expecting me to do what she told me right. to do, you know. So there was some relief there too when she, when she did pass, mm-hmm. right? So those are a lot of emotions that you've got to process. And honestly, it took me a while to kind of remember, duh, pull out your journal. Let's get through some of this. 
I, I am curious, did you have any like paid staff that helped you along this path or did you just do this all on your own? Oh gosh, okay, no. good. I wouldn't be here to talk to you, I think, if I did it all on my own. And But we did go through phases of, you know, where I did do it on my own. I, I, never, I had part-time help off and mm-hmm. on um, throughout the years. That's great. Yeah. And I had, once I moved my mom, once my dad passed, I moved my mom here to Colorado okay. so I could be back close to my, fa- my son and his mm-hmm. family. And then I had them. And that, you know, the emotional support aside from the hands-on physical support is key. In, yeah. in all of it. So we always like to end the show with a call to action. For everyone ready to begin their journaling journey, how can we get started and what do we need? You know, I'm going to just, first of all, use the old Nike phrase, just do it. Just give it a try, right? Um, but the what I think is very, very helpful, so everybody has their own things that they want. Some people will do it on a computer. One thing I would say is if you're going to do that, set up a, um, a um, private file, you know, um, password encoded file so that you can feel free to express yourself without fear that someone's going to read it. Um, some people like lined paper. Some people like, you know, blank paper. So just get the type of book. You know, Walmart has 88 cent composition journals. That's just fine. You know, it doesn't have to be some fancy, pretty, you know, journal. Some people like gel pens. Some people like colored pens. Some people just like black and white. So whatever you choose that you like. Um, but one of the main things I would say to do is get something that gives you prompts, whether it's a book of prompts. Um, you know, they have those calendars with an everyday message on it. If you have one of those, those that's a really great thing to use for a prompt to start your message. Um, I have this little box um, that I pull one every morning. They're called angel cards. And I just pull one every morning and they've got just different messages on them. And I use that to start my journaling for the day. Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, because sometimes it'll be really empowerment, you know, and I'm like... What do I need to be empowered about, (laughs) you know? But I think if you just leave it to your own devices and stare at a blank page, you're never going to get started. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Now or Never, Long-Term Care Strategy with Costa Yepafonsif. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Now or Never Long-Term Care Strategy with Costa Yepafonsif is a Costa Yepafonsif production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin, production assistance by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsif.com. 